Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. The information contained on this platform represents the opinion of the host and shall not be understood, construed as or a substitute for medical or health advice. Please see a health professional who is aware of the facts and circumstances of your individual situation. It's the Black Health 365 podcast, and we are here to make sure you look good on the outside and even better on the inside. After all, looking good, feeling good, and living a healthy lifestyle 365 days of the year should be a daily choice. Here at the Black Health 365 podcast, we will address the healthcare disparities within the Black community with trusted voices and information to empower a healthy lifestyle. Ain't that right, Britt? I'm talking about mind, body, and soul. What's good, 365ers? My name is Britt Daniels. This is the Black Health 365. I'm your fit life coach, yogi, entrepreneur. And it is our mission to be champions of truth and change by providing y'all with personalized healthcare information and resources from trusted professionals. Here at the Black Health 365, we are here to empower the Black community to make healthier choices all year long. And I'm joined by my beautiful co-host, Jackie Page. I'm cutting up already. Radio personality and fitness coach. Uh, hope everybody's doing well today. Britt, how you doing today? I'm on um, interesting day, Jackie. As we spoke about on previous podcasts, um, I recently uh, broke up in a relationship. And um, luckily, um, I have a bit of emotional resiliency. So I'm not you know, down in the dumps about it. Learned a lot from it. Um, and just trying to you know move forward, focusing on my business right now, uh, running multiple different businesses, got a lot of new events coming up. Next week, I'll be hosting a wellness retreat in Cabo St. Lucas. So that's, that's, that's really exciting. So just keeping myself busy. You know, what's going on with you, Jackie? Um, I'm good. I feel like I'm okay. Things are, I'm busy, which that's nothing new. We always busy. I'm in a new city. I'm in Atlanta, you know, Atlanta stay busy. Um, but I'm very busy uh, and tired, but I think the tiredness comes from the busyness. So, I mean, outside of that, I'm good. Um, but what I want to know is I've noticed something a little different about you. And I did, I did say this before, cause I was just like, oh, well maybe, you know, he just trying to wear it, you know, for the, for this perspective episode but you don't put this little jacket on again we need the details on this jacket. what is this jacket Britt? please well as a 365ers know i spent a lot of my time growing up in um, asia hawaii china um most recently i just got back from a spiritual sabbatical in japan um and japan is really where i transformed as a man japan is where i learned the language of vulnerability where i got into my wellness journey and um while I was there, I had the experience to stay at a Buddhist temple on top of a mountain and meditate with monks and learn a lot of different um, meditation techniques, which helped me dive back into my spirit. And while there, I got to speak with a lot of monks about the culture and the history. And I actually met some fashion designers out there, too. Um, there's one dude named Jizo, who is uh, he owns this company called Hinomaru, which the whole purpose of it is that when you put on clothes like you know, we see uh, Miss Johnson with her, her beautiful outfit on. When you put on clothes, it puts on a power, right? Um, and it, it puts on an element of, hmm, right, when I'm here. 
And so uh, what I'm wearing particularly is called a kuroi, which goes over a traditional, you have heard the term kimono. And it's, it's typically what people of like a higher status wear, higher economic status wear, but um, it's also used in formal ceremonies, formal rituals. And for me, honestly, it just, it gives me this calm feel. I feel like a monk. <laughs> it gives me this, I feel like when I wear it, I'm more intentional. I feel like when I wear it, I'm calmer. Um, and so, yeah, that's, I, I tend to wear this. I'm, I'm going to start to probably wear this more often, not just as a, a outward brand promotion, but also like, it makes me feel a certain way when I put it on. Are you really wearing it because you're trying to stun on the girls? Low key, that too. But no, no, no. Yeah, we gotta look a little. You know, it's it's a balance between vanity and and uh, philosophical depth. <laughs> I'm sorry for the tangent, three sixty five ers I had to ask because this is the second time he didn't had this thing on, and I'm like, and you gonna keep seeing it? Different colors. Well, um, <laughs> I will, listen, if you gonna wear more? I need to get at least one because you can't okay. be the only one up here stunning on the girls. I gotta stun on the girls too. Okay. Okay, yeah, yeah. I I seen the website again. It's called Hinomaru. Um, you can look up online. Dude from Japan, black dude from New York. He's he's really on combining uh, traditional black philosophy with traditional Japanese values, and so that just speaks to what I do. And so yeah, I see now I know I haven't introduced her just yet, but I gotta ask, uh, Kendall, you want one too? Since he's <laughs> he throwing this information out, sure, I will. I will definitely take the the link so i can order me one too <laughs> listen we all gonna have one on and speaking of uh kendall she will be as you can see she's joining us on the black health 365 podcast uh, kendall johnson is an author empowerment influencer and founder of narcissistic abuse survivors nonprofit. we're going to get into a really really interesting conversation today um something i can honestly say that i have never heard of i have heard of the term narcissist and narcissistic, but never the term narcissistic abuse put together. Um, and Kendall will be shedding light on this and talking about it in more detail. Um, so Kendall, thank you for sitting down and, and kind of opening our eyes to this, because again, I have never, ever heard of this term before in my life. You never heard of it, Jackie, but do you feel like you ever experienced it? And see, I don't, because I've never heard of it before, I don't know. Well, that's what we're getting into. <laughs> that's what we're and getting that, into. Yeah, that's, and that's one of the reasons why I'm like, yo, we need to have this conversation because I'm sure I'm not the only person that hasn't, like I said, I've heard of narcissists, um, you know, narcissistic behavior, but never the abuse piece added to it. So I'm sure if I, I'm not the only person who ain't walking in, who's walking in these shoes of like, they've never heard it before. So I, I'm a little, af I'm in, I'm very interested in having this conversation, but I'm not going to lie. I'm a little afraid because this may like uncover some things that I just like never noticed before. So, uh, Kendall, I, how are you doing? Okay. How are you doing? I am doing excellent. Thank you all for having me. And uh, I'm excited to dive into this conversation. For one, um, our culture, and I just believe, you know, um, globally, people really don't know about this, this, this term. Um, and of course, like you say, we've heard of it. We've seen it in a movie. I think uh, Idris Elba, El Idris, I think it's, I think that's how you say his name. He was in the movie where he played a narcissist, a narcissist. But 
that he didn't know her like he was a total stranger so i even think still the character was still kind of miss um informing us as what a real narcissist is and how they typically move and choose their their victims so yeah really excited to get into this conversation and before we hop into it 365ers you know we got to do our dharma talk uh brit what you got for us today 365ers, you know, we do these Dharma talks as little just set the tone for the conversation. You know, the conversation is going pretty, going pretty smoothly as it is already. Touching on this concept of narcissistic abuse, relationships, whether it's intimate or with family or whatever it may be, today's Dharma talk is about the significance of setting healthy communication standards, boundaries, and practicing compromise when it comes to the relationships in our life. And you really step into a prescriptive level of power when you know your self-worth, your value, you can establish where you are at, and that allows you to navigate the world because you have certain principles. Um, but you got to recognize that other people may have completely different values than you, right? And in that process, when you come to deal with people, you have to have a language for um, communicating where in that process, both people feel seen, both people feel heard, and they can express where they come from. Um, and for a lot of people, that's difficult because we don't have that level of, of want to express vulnerability, but express vulnerability in a way where you still want to change. Um, a lot of people get static in their beliefs, in their patterns of belief. And so it, it leads to toxicity. Um, it leads to aggression. It leads sometimes even to violence. So it's important that as individuals, when we deal with people, it's not just intimacy, romantic. It's also in business. It's also with family. Um, at school, how you can learn how to set appropriate boundaries that make you feel safe and sustainable, but how to communicate as well. So going off from this topic, I'm, I'm very excited for this conversation because uh, I've been in a number of relationships over the years and still, you know, looking to find the one. I have definitely been in what I would consider, at least what I understand now, is a narcissistic abusive relationship. And I say that as a black man. Um, so um, very interested in talking more with you, uh, Kendall. Let's, let's get into it. Yeah, I got to start with a very elementary question. I feel like I'm always the person who starts with the elementary questions, but hey, it is what it is. The word narcissist has been thrown around a lot lately on social media. He a narcissist, she a narcissist, he did this, he did that. Kendall, what exactly is a narcissist? Uh, a narcissist is it's several um several terms um but i would say it's a grandiose person um it's a person that um they live or the character it's a characteristic of course a character a personality disorder um and they tend to um passively aggressively emotionally abuse people and typically these individuals um had a lot of childhood trauma and things that happened to them and um they typically live like in this like the only way i could explain it is they typically live like in a dark space now on the surface they appear to be perfect people very very nice people professionals um but when everyone else is gone whomever the victim is at that time they pretty much want to um it's like they choose people who embody everything that they don't have and they get 
um, they get like an adrenaline out of literally sucking the life out of that person or destroying everything that they do have, which is a, which is good. And they just, they just try to suck the life out of them. And it kind of, if you want to like get a, I guess a, a, a visual of what that looks like, it's like a person on heroin and on, they don't rest until they get that fix. And it's like, once they get that fix, it's like a, <sighs> so until they get a horrible reaction out of you, they're going to poke and poke and poke and poke and poke and poke until they get a reaction. And once they get the reaction, it's like a, <sighs> I can rest now. And, and so that's kind of, if I could give you like more of a visual of how they, you know, how they act, that's pretty much what it is. I mean, that was a great visual. Cause when you said that, I was just like, oh, I know exactly what she's talking about. I, didn't right. see it before. I know exactly what you're talking about. If I could summarize, so it seems like a narcissistic person is what you described as a grandiose person who is uh, in their subconscious, perhaps dealing with a lot of self-hatred, fear, based on perhaps traumas they felt in their lives. And they project that fear back out into the world through manipulation. Mm, um, yeah. And in that process, they uh, feel empowered when they make other people feel small. And that just creates this cycle of toxicity uh, that they feed into. And in this process, they create this delusion that they are truly bigger than what they really are. But they really just hurt people. Hurt people hurt people, as Kendrick Lamar said. Yeah. And and I've been hurt before, but I don't go around hurting people. So it's 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 a personality disorder or mental. It's actually a mental disorder where they um, they have this high sense of this importance, and it's like they're more important than everybody else at that time. Um, and it's it's yeah. Mm. I kind of cringe when I talk about it because it's 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 it needs to be talked about so much more. I'm so passionate about it because I've been and we'll get I know you will get into my story, but I have been like dealing with these people pretty much all my life. And at this point, I just thank God that I have more um, self-awareness now that I can identify it like spot on right on point when before because of, because of the passive aggressiveness, one tend not to pick up on it until, especially if you get into an intimate relationship, you tend not to pick up on it until it's too late. Right. It's, 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 it sounds like the word I think a term to use is pathological. Um, as well, you might say someone who's a sociopath or a psychopath. It's, it's something due to the experience they have. For whatever reason, something has changed where they don't value human life normally. Their moral, their moral values are a bit skewed. Um, and that's just some very difficult people to deal with. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation.
Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. And to think that you're dealing with these people on a, like you just said, an intimate level, because the person that you're intimate with, they are supposed to be like your, your safe haven, your, your, your happy space. So to be in this position where they're not that, it's just like, yeah. And and when they typically show up uh, early on, I guess you could say in the friend zone, they typically show up as the perfect person for you. Like, um, yeah, I've been married twice and both of them were narcissists. Um, unfortunately, I didn't figure out what they were until, you know, afterwards. Um, but they, I, for especially my second husband, he showed up as my knight in shining armor, like everything I had prayed for. But these people study you. So he studied me early on. He read my book. He probably memorized my book verbatim because I have a book about my life. And so he studied everything about me. And then he showed up to pretty much be everything that he felt like I wanted. Um, And I thought it was God sent, Um, you know, until all of the, the major red flags. But that didn't really show up. Well, I couldn't see it until after we were married. But it, there were red flags early on that I was oblivious to. And that's scary. That it's, it's crazy. It's scary. It's insane. Any and all of them words that fit into that same bucket. The fact that you, like you were, y'all got married and you didn't, I'm single. It scares me because I'm just like, how do I know? Like, what are some signs? Like, what do I need to be looking out for? Because you got to, we crossing the altar, but we is here and you didn't see it until like, wait a minute. So what are some like, what are some red flags? What are some things to look at? Like, what were some of the red flags that you saw? Some of the things um, that you would say, you know, to single women, like, hey, this is what you need to be looking at. And even single men that they need to be looking out for because it's just not men that's narcissists. It's also women as well. Yes. So if you, I don't know if you want me to bring it full circle and then towards the end, give red flags, or if you want me to start with the red flags, just let me know. Um, You can start with red flags and then we can kind of dive into the story from there. So um, my, the red flags that I didn't see early on um was making minute of like my birthday my birthday is my birthday is like the that's the best day of the 365 days like you know i celebrate me real big on my birthday in the fact that he um chose to completely discard my birthday and made light like oh well kendall you're so spoiled like get over yourself. I can't make it down there for your birthday. Like, don't be a brat about it. And we had already planned that, you know, he would be here for my birthday because at the beginning it was long distance. And um, he was just like, yeah, I'm not going to make your birthday. And I'm like, you're not coming for my birthday. It's like, no, like I'm not going to make it. And so I was upset about it. And he just kind of just blew it off as if it was nothing. And then after that gave me the silent treatment for probably three or four days. Um, 
past my birthday. So you mad at me for being mad at you for not being here for my carry on. And then gave me the silent treatment, wouldn't talk to me. And I didn't, I was just like, uh, what is, you know, and that's, that should have been a red flag. Cause we were just dating then. Um, but you know, I didn't, I overlooked it. And the fact that I overlooked it, and I want to talk about that too, being codependent, because I found out that I was codependent and codependent people and narcissistic people. It is like fireworks. When you meet, you are like a, it's like a magnet. Um, and it's like fireworks. So I was just like making excuses for what maybe, you know, he just had a bad day or maybe he's just going through something. I don't know. And so I started making excuses as to why he ignored me for the next three or four days after my birthday. Um, another red flag is, um, saying like belittling things or, um, like condescending things. And then once you be like, what? Oh, I was just joking. No, <laughs> like, and, and, and basically they want to see how you're going to react. And if you react in a way where it's like, okay, I can get, a, I can get away with, you know, calling her dark skin and making it be a bad thing. I can get away with that. So let me go a little further the next time. Well, this time I'm going to say, uh, you know, oh, well, you don't speak correct English or you're a bad parent. Oh, I was just playing. I was just joking to see how far you're going to allow them to go. And so that's another red flag. I wanted to know why some people who get COVID-19 get it so bad. I found out it may be because they have a high risk factor, such as heart disease, diabetes, being overweight, smoking, and asthma. Even if symptoms feel mild, these factors can increase your risk of COVID-19 turning severe. So if you're at high risk and test positive, there are things you can do, like asking your healthcare provider if an authorized oral treatment is right for you. Learn about an option at treatcovid19.com. This message is sponsored by Pfizer. Another red flag is, um, like I said, the silent treatment. Um, another red flag that I experienced was, um, um, I, lo I love people with long hair. And I was like, but I have short hair. I don't, I don't have long hair. I have short hair. Yeah. I, I love women with long hair and I'm just like, that's weird. Cause I have short hair. I've always had short hair, you know? And so just taking those little shots to see how you're going to respond. And if you respond in a way that allows them to keep going, then guess what? They're going to keep going. So it was those little things that and questioning why I live like I live. Um, again, trying to change how I am, trying to change how I think, change how I run business. Um, he also showed up, um, Kendall, you know, you have a large overhead because I, I have multiple businesses. And so you have such a large overhead, sweetie. I just really want to take care of you. I want to, you know, move you in with me and you won't have to pay any bills. And this was like music to my ears because I, that's been, I've pretty much been handling myself since the beginning of time. Um, and so to get a man, it's like, oh, wow, he really wants to like relieve me of all the stress and the financial strains. And I was like, wow. And um, yeah, and all of that was it was just to get me love bomb me, basically. And that's another term um, called love bombing. So they they when they first meet you, they love on you so much and they're super duper nice. And I met his mom early on. That's another red flag. 
a man is not going to take you home to meet his mom the first week. That's that's like a red flag. Um, because most men, and some women too, but I found it more in most men, they want to date you for a while. They want to see what your morals like. They want to see, you know, how you really carry yourself before they allow you to meet mom. And so I met the family like very early on, like with probably the first couple of weeks, I was already meeting his mom. That's That was another red flag. Okay, Kendall, you've told us some of the red flags. You've talked about like meeting his mom very, very early on. I, we need to hear the story. Like, how did y'all meet? Like, what was this? How fast did how fast did things go? Was it like zero to a hundred in a matter of weeks, in a matter of days? Like, I need the story. We need the story. <laughs> okay, so I am a native of Arkansas. I moved. Um, I'm from Hope, Arkansas. Very, very small town in Arkansas, um, but I moved to another. It was a little, a little bit bigger than Hope, Arkansas. I moved to Texarkana, Texas, and I don't know if you've ever heard of that. But um, in 2014, I left Texas and moved to Florida, and so I was new to the city. And it was a young lady who was inspired. She's a hairstylist, but she was inspired by me, inspired by my story. So she befriended me on Facebook, and I didn't know at the time. He was dating. They were dating. Um, but she was sharing all my things on her social media. So he found me on her Facebook and started to inbox me. Um, of course, the first few, you know, inboxes, I I ignored them. It was just smiley faces. He would only send a smiley face. And so I ignored it. And But he was very consistent. So he would send smiley faces probably once or twice a week. And then probably after about the 20th smiley face, I gave him another, I gave him a smiley face back. And that's kind of come kind of how the conversation started. And it was very slow. Um, we may converse, hey, how are you? Hey, I'm fine. I would like to get to meet you. I'd like to get to know you. And then it, it wouldn't be anything else for like maybe another week, two weeks. And then he would send another smiley face, which is real creepy now that I <laughs> Like who communicates with smiley faces with now that I know it's just like a little creepy. And so um, it went from the smiley face to, hey, I would love to, you know, meet you. And this like the DM stuff, it went on for a couple of months before I actually met him in person. And so uh, we finally met. And like I said, that uh, we started to date like really, really quickly, you know, um, and it was just like, oh, you know, I, I go to church. I, I I love God, and of course, I talk a lot about that on my social media. So that was easy. That was easy to study about me, so he could mimic or mirror everything that he felt like I was interested in. And so, of course, when I saw how he treated his mom, um, I was very impressed by that because I felt like if a man treats his mom, you know, a certain way, he's gonna treat me a certain way. And so I. You know, when I met his mom, because they were here on vacation because he didn't he didn't live in Orlando. So they have like a timeshare or something here. So they come to Orlando every summer. And that's when I was uh, able to meet his family. I met his entire family and it was probably like the first or second date. I met his entire family. Um, and so we dated for nine months and he was so adamant about me moving in with him and he lives in quincy florida and if y'all haven't heard of quincy florida Qu quincy florida is a little bitty country like ugh, 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 like yeah 
And so for me to even move, leave Orlando and even consider going to a, a abandoned town like that, it was like cringing to me. But I'm like, okay, I can keep my business in Orlando, um, drive back and forth until I, you know, really see how this thing is going to go. And so he was so adamant about me moving in, moving in, moving in. And I'm like, no, you know, with where I am in my walk with my spirituality, I just don't want to shack up with a man. So I have to be married. And I stick, I stuck to that. And so I guess, and he's saying, well, I got to get this girl. Like I got to lock her down. And if I got to marry her to get her to move in, I, I'll do that. And so um, he came down to visit one weekend and before he got ready to leave on that Sunday, um, it was a Sunday or a Monday morning, he got on one knee and proposed and gave me a nice, nice little rock. And I was like, okay, wow. And he was like, yeah, and I'm gonna, you know, don't worry about, you know, your furniture, don't worry about moving anything. I'm gonna get a U-Haul, come and move everything. And I just, you know, I just wanna spend the rest of my life with you. And I was just like, oh my God, wow. This is just so, so good to be true. Too good to be true. And if it's too good to be true, then it is. Um, and so move, we, Fast forward, I moved to Quincy, Florida. I kept my business here and I would go there Saturdays after I finished at the salon, I would drive four hours to his home. Well, now it's my home. We drive four hours right outside of Tallahassee, Florida. And it would, you would think being a newlywed, no, let me back up. So because we married nine months into us dating, it was nine months, we got married. And we, I wasn't allowed to tell anyone that we were marrying. We kind of uh, staged it as an engagement. And so if a man, another red flag. So he, man, didn't want you to, he didn't want you to tell anybody? No, we couldn't tell anybody because it was so soon. And he felt like his mom, his family would be, would disagree. Um, I felt like my family would try to talk me out of it because it, it, only, it had only been like nine months. And so we staged it as an engagement, but we were really married. And we said if we made it through the marriage a year, then we would tell everybody have a wedding and then we would, quote unquote, be married to the public. However, we would have been married already, um, but telling people that we've been engaged for a year. So um, I moved down there. We was posing as an engaged couple to his family. And, um, but we were married. And so when I would come back off of, you know, be working here in Orlando and get there, he would give me the silent treatment. And I would be like, like I've been gone since Wednesday where we just got married. Uh, hi, hi, honey. How are you? Oh, I'm fine, sweetie. Um, your bath water is brand. You can go take you a, sh a bath and um, I'll see you when you got, get out the bathroom. I'm like, okay. So I go take me a, a bath and come out and I'll be like, hey. Oh, hi, how are you? I'm like, oh, I'm I'm fine, sweetie. I'll be like, is everything okay? Cause you're really quiet. Oh, I'm fine. And he would just give me this, it would just be silence for the entire weekend that I was there. And so he his patterns would be, silent treatment until it was time for me to come back to Orlando. And so then it would be extra nice right before I left because all of what's been going through my head while I'm there is like, he can't possibly want me here. 
you have literally gave me the silent treatment for the last three days. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. And so in order to keep me in my head in the game, so I would come back, he would be extra nice right before it was time for me to go, showering me with expensive gifts. And when I say expensive gifts, like if I would be like, this is weird, I, this, I'm not coming back, you know, because I would really like, it would trigger me to be like, I'm not coming back. If this is how you're going to treat me, I'm not coming back. And then he would give me like some Tiffany or some red bottoms or you know, and then that would be, I'd be like, oh, okay, well, okay. And so then I would come back. And then literally when I would come back, he would either be extremely nice when I first got back and then go into a silent treatment. And then I would leave and then he would be extra nice in order for me to come back. And this kind of went on like early on into our, our marriage. So what was life like when you were in Orlando working? Like, was there communication? Was he like super nice when you were gone? Like, what was that, I guess, that time period between you being in Orlando working and you being back home? Like, what did that look like um, between you and him? Uh, He would send nice text messages, not a lot of phone talking. Um, And if we would talk on the phone, it was short. Short and sweet, (laughs) but it would be short. Hmm. Yeah. That is so interesting. And then you get home. You're his wife. Like and new a newlywed at that. So you would think all he would want to do is talk to you and or like come with you to Orlando. Like, oh well, you know, we'll just do that. Well, he worked, he worked a um he worked so he worked two jobs. He had a job that he worked for the government. Um, like almost like he would um I forget what it's called, but he would like mediate for like, say, police officers, nurses, um, like if they were in the union and they were being um, mistreated on their jobs, he would go and like fight for them. I forget what that's called. The negotiator? Something like that. Yeah. Um, and then he was a substance abuse counselor, like on the weekends at a halfway house or something. So he had like two jobs. So um, he was a counselor as well. So... This is interesting. So to take it from the top, you have a man here who literally studied you for months um, to figure out who you were, um, love bombed you heavily after he studied you for months on end. Um, across the theme here, it seems like he's the type of person who likes to create this position of power and subvert you to his way of doing things. Um, but it comes off as, at some points, him being extremely nice and saying, I care for you, I want what's best for you, but it's really to subvert you under him. Yes. Um, yeah. 
Then it was designed yeah. to get me to be completely dependent on him. That's but, another word. That's but right. it didn't work because I kept my business here. Mm. It didn't work. And, and along that time, he wanted me to stop working here. And he we even looked for like little salons there in Quincy and you know, and he was really trying to get me to stop completely working in Orlando to come there. But that was to alienate because I have a daughter here. I have a 25 year old. And so I have I got her an apartment here. And when I would come here, that way I would have, you know, somewhere to to, leave, to stay when I was here. Um, and he would love on my mom, love on my grandma, like send them money and nice cards. And that was all to create a campaign that he was so this extremely nice guy. So when I come to my family, be like, oh my God, he's doing this, he's doing that. Like, Kendall, you, it's you. Because this man has been sending us, like, he's super nice. He's sending us money. He's, like, super respectful. Like, he love on my grandma. And and if you know me, like, my grandma, I love my grandma. Um, and so to kind of bring it full circle, how I attracted him, and then I'll dive back into the story. But my mom is a narcissist. And so the treatment subconsciously, I was used to it subconsciously. Now, on the surface, I knew what I wanted. I knew what I deserved. But I, I've been attracting these types of men all my life and friends as well, like girlfriends. That I've had narcissistic girlfriends um, to where I would be their friend and I would always go the extra mile but I never got that treatment in return. And so of course, during my healing journey and getting to the root of why I keep attracting, I kept attracting all these abusive people into my life. Well, it was a familiar spirit. I was used to being treated that way as a child. So subconsciously I kept attracting it unknowingly. Um, Wow, that was something I was hoping we were going to talk about because uh, I have dealt with narcissistic people. I won't say who in my life from my family is not a narcissist, but um, in my own experience going through dating and just relationships as well, that has very much been my very same experience. And it took a lot of self-healing. It took a lot of self-awareness to say, um, hey, you need to set boundaries <laughs> with people. Uh, that's that's powerful. You know, I want to get back, dive back into the story, but there's this term last year, I think it was Webster's most used term in the world, gaslighting. Mm. Are you familiar with that term? Do you feel like that pretty much defines narcissism? Well, it was my breaking point. The gaslighting is the ultimate emotional abuse and mental abuse. That was that was the breaking point. Um, so we were married for seven months. Well, we were I well, I was there for seven months after I decided this is not. Because I, I, I believe at this point I had PS, PTSD because and, and most people think PTSD only comes from, you know, people in the army or, you know, people who may have seen someone shot in front of them or something like that. But I have triggers and and I still have triggers. I believe I probably have triggers forever. I don't, I don't even know if it's a, a cure for your triggers, because if if you scream at me or you cur curse at me or that's a trigger and I'm. I'm gone. I'm gone. <laughs> so, so, um, close to seven months in, um, we were, it was Thanksgiving and, um, we planned to go back to Arkansas to see my family for Thanksgiving. 
And my daughter at the time, I think she was probably like 19, 20 or something like that. And she thought it was a bright idea for her to rent a car and load up her friends from Florida and drive to Arkansas. And I already told her, I don't think that's a good idea. You know, you might as well just fly with us. And so, of course, she disobeyed and thought, you know, they were going to get to rent a car, all of them 18 and 19. They don't rent cars to 18 and 19 year olds unless you get, unless you pay a pretty penny. Um, and so needless to say, they couldn't afford to, <laughs> to rent the car. And so at the last minute, she's like, well, mom, I want to go home. And I'm like, you're going to have to sit this one out because, you know, I told you, you need to you need to just fly home with us. And so he's just like, oh you know, sweetie, I, you know, I really don't want Ashanti to, to, to miss out on this family time. You know, I love family time. I, I just really don't want her to stay back. I mean, I would stay back and let her get my ticket if I could, you know, and I just really don't want Ashanti to stay back. And I'm, and I'm already knowing if he buy this ticket, we finna, we, we gonna have to pay. We finna suffer. He gonna punish us for buying this ticket. So I'm just like, no, you know, it's fine. She'll be fine. He's like, no. So he contacted my child before um, time check. We're almost 30. Okay. Um, he contacted her, went ahead and paid for the ticket. And it's immediately when he paid for her to get the ticket at the last minute, he started giving me the silent treatment immediately. So I already knew what I was in for. I already knew, but I didn't know how severe it was going to get because it had never like, it hadn't ever escalated to the point that it did in Arkansas. So he ignored me all the way to the airport. He ignored me sitting at the gate, waiting to board the plane. He ignored me completely on the plane. He ignored me at the rental car place. He ignored me. It's like from the airport, which is in Little Rock, to Hope, Arkansas, which is my hometown. It's about an hour and 15 minute drive. He ignored me completely the entire time. Um, so we get to Hope and we get ready to check into the hotel. Now he wants to punish my daughter. And now keep in mind, my daughter's like 19, 20. He was like, okay, um, Ashanti, you can bring your bags up to the room too. She's like, I'm not staying in the room with y'all. I'm going to go you know, hang out with my friends. He's like, oh, no, no, you know, you're going to stay with us. So he wanted to basically hold my daughter hostage because he paid for her ticket. So now he thinks he has control over her the entire time that we're in Arkansas. So I'm already knowing now I'm going to pay you your money back because this is not what it's going to be for the entire trip. She's not I'm like she's not staying in our room. And so once we, we established she's not staying in our room. He goes, okay, sweetie, well, um, tell your grandma and them, I'll see them tomorrow. So he didn't go to see my family when we got there. He stayed in the room. Fast forward, Thanksgiving Day. He wakes up, sweetie, I need to talk to you. I was like, okay, what is it? You know, I I, I just, you know, I really hate that. I, I hate that I married you. And, I, you know, I just really hate that I, I, you know, my grandma, my, my, my grandma, my family, they told me not to F with you. He started using profanity. He told me not to F with you. You ghetto, you, you got typos in your book. You don't speak correct English. You country, you, you, he spent the, he spent about seven to 10 minutes gaslighting me. You're a horrible parent. You don't teach your child any morals. She's spoiled. Um, 
you got tattoos, you ghetto. And I was like, yeah, I wish I never met you. I really wish I never met you. I'm not, I'm not even, you're not even that attractive. Like, I don't even know why I even married you. And until I just like blew up. And so I get on the phone, I call my daughter. I said, if you have his money, go ahead and bring the money. And so fast forward, she got there, brought the money. By this time, my aunt, cousins, everybody coming in to the room, they happy to see me. Hey, cousin, we ain't seen you in a long time, X, Y, Z. And he's standing there. So Shanti, my daughter, walks in and she's like, okay, here's the money. So I give him the money. He took the money, tears it. And this is like $400. He tears the money in half and threw it in my face and was like, bitch, I don't want your money. And so my daughter sees that my family is looking like, what? Like, where did this come from? Like, y'all supposed to be the perfect couple. And my daughter's like, my daughter blows up. You don't call my mom out of her name and this and that. And so then he cussed my daughter out. And yeah. And in front I, of your family? In front of my entire family. Thanksgiving day, right before Thanksgiving dinner. And so I call his mom, tell her what's going on. She completely is oblivious. Oh, he would never do anything like that. So I get off the phone with her real quick. I call his brothers because he got two brothers. And they just like acting like, you know, like they were shocked that he acted that way. And so I wasn't getting anything from them. So I just, you know, hung with the phone. I called my grandma. I told my grandma what happened. And she's like, you know, let's just get through the dinner or whatever. So he's sitting down in the lobby calling me telling me to get out of his room he's putting me out of the room at this point and so we're all trying to get ready for thanksgiving dinner because we rented the the bottom space of the hotel we get inside and he's talking to my mom and pleading and saying you know i'm just gonna go ahead and go back to florida you know kendall's upset with me and i just don't know why she's so upset with me and my mom's like oh you know, come on in, you know, it's family time. Come on. You know, he's like, no, I just want to, he said, it's funny to me how you're her mom and you're begging and pleading me to come in. And she doesn't, she's, she doesn't even want me here. She doesn't even want me to come in. She should be out here asking me to come in, not you. And I'm just like, do you not just realize what you just did? And so he morphs back into the nice, sweet person and, you know, pleading and talking to my grandma. Now, my grandma has now picked up on something is not right because he never would look at my grandma in her eyes when he was talking to her. And so, of course, she pulled me off to the side and was like, something is not right about that young man. He was talking to me, but he never once looked at me in my eyes. So to end it all, I know we on the time. We on the time. Um. After that, Thanksgiving dinner's over. Um, now he wants to talk again because I'm still in the room at this point. He wants to talk again and he starts to like belittle me again. This is probably like midnight. Starts to talk about me. You, you know, I just hate I met you. I hate I came here. And he starts like this whole gaslighting um, whole segment. And he did it until I just thought I was about to lose my mind like at this point i'm just like okay i'm gonna get out of your room because he's telling me like you got to get out of my room 
You cannot stay in my room. I paid for the room. You didn't pay anything. You can't stay in. Call your grandma. Call somebody to come and pick you up. You can't stay in here. And he did that until I jumped up, out of, got out of my, my gown, put my, my clothes, my street clothes back on, start packing my bag. And as soon as he got me to get up, put my clothes on and start packing my bag, he fell to his knees and was like, please don't go. I love you so much. You're my queen. Please don't go. And at this point, I grabbed my head and I literally thought I was about to lose it because he had just spent the last 10 minutes just totally degrading me until he got a reaction. And once he got a reaction, he fell to his knees and was like, I love you so much. You're the best thing ever happened to me. And I'm just like, I got to get out of this. This is not good. And so we made it back to Florida. I rented a U-Haul packed up the um he helped me pack up the u-haul life is full of things to manage your work your family your plans and your treatment consider kesimpta ofatumumab 20 milligram injection you can take it yourself from the comfort of home if you're ready for something different ask your healthcare provider about kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com brought to you by novartis pharmaceuticals corporation Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Um, because at this point he morphed back into the the mean person, helped me pack the U-Haul, drug all my furniture across. He destroyed every piece of my furniture that you could. Yeah. He destroyed all my furniture, dragging it across the concrete, packed up the U-Haul. I called my daughter, called a friend. One of my friends drove my car. My daughter drove her car back and I drove the U-Haul and I never saw him again after that. Wow, is all I can say. That that was intense. That was a hell of a story. Yeah. Um that that's a hell of a story. I'm still kind of just like wow. Cause that was a lot. Um yeah, was a lot of in-between stuff, you know, like the trip back to Quincy from the airport. It's a lot. But um, yeah, maybe we can do a part two. <laughs> it was a lot. <laughs> The general overarching, it is a lot. And, you know, I think a narcissist, uh, I think the character traits of a narcissist entail just in virtue of what a narcissist is, a symptom of that will be abuse for the people that are, are around them. Um, people that gaslight, people that manipulate, people that, again, come, you know, we, we didn't get into his backstory, but someone who clearly has a lot of self-hatred and a lot of fear projects it out into controlling things around him. Um, and that's unfortunate that you had to be in that circumstance before we close everything out. And I, and I personally have suffered from this from people as well. How does, how has your healing journey been? If you could, you know, uh, how does that look for people for the 365ers? Uh, what is some advice for people out there who may be dealing with, um, coming off a narcissistic relationship? Um, so my healing journey, and, and if I can add this, when I left, I had no idea he was a narcissist. I thought he was a bipolar. And thank God, God sends angels. I re And I, I talk about this lady in my book. Like this lady literally saved my life because I would have went back. I would have went back. 
because the way he wooed me with gifts and oh my god i've changed god has god himself has came down i'm back in church and i've had this whole hallelujah you know i've changed i just please come back i would have went back and so i had a first-time client that had just moved here from dallas and um I never open up about this with a stranger. And for some reason, I just start telling this lady, like, this is what just happened to me. This is what I'm going through. And she said, baby, he's not narcissist. He's not bipolar. He's a narcissist. And I'm just like, well, how do you know? She said, because I just left Dallas running from my narcissistic husband. And I was like, whoa. So once I heard the term, I started researching and researching all this. And so I came across a doctor. His name is Dr. Ross Rosenberg. And he's a psychotherapist who specializes in codependency and narcissistic relationships. And I started Googling him and he had a program. And so I, I um, flew to Chicago to attend his retreat. And that was the beginning of my, my healing journey. And um, it opened my eyes to so much. Um, of course, after his retreat, I got a therapist and I just started to heal just through therapy, learning, like you said, how to set healthy boundaries. No one ever told me about boundaries. I never had boundaries up until, you know, that happened. Um, and so before then, because I didn't, nobody ever taught me about boundaries. I would just allow people to run all over me, you know, and then get rid of it, meet it, meet someone else, and they would do the same. And I even experienced that with friendships as well. And so therapy, of course, it saved my life. It saved my life. Yeah. Um, I'm still just kind of in awe and in shock right now because, wow, it's simply all I can say. Um, we like to close out with a thing called uh, What's Your 365? And both Brit and uh, 365ers, Kendall has said it multiple times, is creating that boundaries, creating space um, for you to say no. And I think that is, you know, your What's Your 365 today is creating those boundaries, being okay with saying no, um, and being firm in that. We don't do a great job of doing it. And I think it's something that we need to take some time as as a group Um to do is start creating boundaries so you know we can have a, a healthy and a safe space for us um so that's your what's your 365 create those boundaries uh kendall if people want to reach out to you i know um you do have a book tell people where they can get the book at how they can find you on social media yeah so you can get the book on my website kendalltjohnson.com um i have several platforms on social media um uh, the nonprofit is narcissistic abuse survivors inc um our website is NarcissisticAbuseSurvivors.org. And you can also get the book from that website as well. Um, you can follow me on Kindle, The Master Stylist. Um, that's my main platform. That's the platform I'm, I'm normally on most of the time. Facebook, Kendall Johnson. Um, and we're having a free event here in Orlando, Florida, June 1st. is World Narcissistic Awareness uh, Day. And so we're having a free event. I've partnered with Victims of um, Service Center here in Orlando, and we will be giving more tips on how to attract and sustain healthy relationships. Kendall, thank you so much for hopping on the podcast. I feel like we may have to sit down and do a part two because there's so much that we we didn't get to get into that we need to get 
into because this is a, a big thing that I don't think a lot of people know about. We need to talk about it a lot more. So again, thank you so much for sitting down. Um, 365ers, if you ever have something that you want us to cover, you have us, you have that you want us to talk about, find us on Instagram, blackhealth365, slide in our DMs. You can find me at Love Jackie Page. You can find me at profitfitness.life. As always, 365ers, it is your responsibility to be an advocate for your health, set those boundaries, learn how to communicate, discover compromise. Peace, I'm staying love. Black Health 365 is an urban one and reach media production hosted by Jackie Page and Britt Daniels. Created by Samuel Tatum and Laura Lopez. Executive produced by Brittany Jackson and Kadisha Campbell. Editing and production, Jahi Whitehead. Sales and corporate sponsorship, Patty Johnson.